begins with tonight. All right, so uh, <coughs> getting back into the limit of Toldos Yaakov Yosef. So um, a couple weeks ago, uh, before Hanukkah, so when we ended, we were talking about the sugya. It sort of it, it morphed a little bit. We were beginning to talk about the sugya. In the beginning, we were talking about hashpa being mashpia. Uh, you know, a Rav, a Rebbe, Mashkiach, Rashi, whatever you want to call it, a Rebbe, how your Mashpi, how you influence other, other Yidin. And we talked about how the Chiddush, based on the Rizal, and, and how Hasidus sort of uh, expanded that concept, is that the idea is never so much the words that are said, it's the bond that takes place between the Neshama of the speaker and the Neshamas of those that are listening. That's really what it's about. And uniting the two people, you know, words are said, but it's about the, the Yichud that takes place through the neshamas. But, and then we branched off from there to talk about the different ways of Ashba. And, and again, just to sum it up for a few minutes, just to get back into it, we explained that if that's the dynamic of how Ashba works, then there has to be a commonality between the mashbi and the makabal. There has to be a, a common ground. And so we explained that, but the way that happens is that if, if the, if, uh, if the mashbi is trying to influence the makabal, let's say, regarding chizik and, and, and keeping Shabbos, then the only way to do that is for there to be some commonality between those neshamas in that area, which means that the mashpi has to find within himself some deficiency in his Shabbos, and that will create that bond between him and the people that he's trying to be mechazik. Fine. But then we explain that there's another approach, there's another way, which is a tzaddik, which is defined, or tzaddikis, that's defined as the heart of the organism. Right, the heart, yes. No, no, that, no, it doesn't do that. It's within himself. This is all, this is all in the Sham. It's all connection with the Sham. It's nothing to do with what he's saying. He could be talking about uh, sports, and Nashba is happening. It's, it's completely irrelevant. So, um, we talked about this idea of the tzaddik having this a certain type of tzaddik being defined as the heart of, of the people, the heart of the organism. And, uh, and again, in this way, like the Pasuk says, that a person has to make sure the heart is healthy, because from the heart, that's where life comes from. The heart is a limb, is, a, is an organ that unifies all body parts, and all body parts equally draw their sustenance from the heart. The heart symbolizes the, the, the tzaddik, is that heart of the entire klal, of the entire, uh, uh, again, whether it be Klaus Knesset Yisrael, on an international, uh, multi-generational level, every particular generation, every kihila, whatever you name it, the tzaddik is the heart, and that heart is mashpia, chiyas, brings chiyas to all the, all the limbs, and is automatically always relatable. And so we talked about that, that, that to become that heart, the kain gadol is like that, like Rishim, like uh, Binyar, we gave the example where the king is like that because of his absolute humility and his batlus that sort of creates that that nothingness. That again, to to whatever degree that tzaddik has his own identity, to that extent he's going to be different than other people, and then he's going to have to create a tangible bond between him and others. But if he's the heart, the heart means that it's nothing but a vehicle for chiyas, a vehicle for life force to come and encompass the whole organism. That's a whole different, a whole different mindset. That's what it means to be a heart. So that was the idea that we, t- that we spoke about. So I want to sort of develop and build, build, build on that a little bit more um, to explain a little bit of this dynamic 
and 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 how and and why, and why we find that this idea of having a rebbe, having a tzaddik, is so central and so fundamental in the the culture of Hasidus, what Hasidus became. Um, why is it so vital? Why you know? Again, it's a nice idea. It certainly is, is helpful to find that heart. But why is it so vital in terms of the mission statement of Hasidus Bechlas? So that's what we're gonna we're gonna see about tonight. Okay. So if you take a look at the first Marmokim, so it's in uh, this is from Pirushim Mishnayis of the Rambam. We know the Rambam is the one that created this idea of having thirteen ikarimun, thirteen principles of faith. So, uh, the, the, where he talks about this in his introduction to Mesecha Sanhedrin. So, one of the principles that we know, one of the Animamins, is to believe in the coming of Mashiach. So, let's see a little bit of how the Rambam describes this, what this principle is, what this belief is. Again, we're not going to be able to go through every single detail, but just, uh, you know, a, a certain aspect of it. V'ulamin says the Rambam that a person has to believe, v'ulamis, and to really clarify to oneself, Shayavai, that Mashiach will come, and not to think that it's going to happen at some later day, but it can happen right now. And if it takes a while, then you hope for it. So you have to believe that it's going to happen. Not to give a particular time and say, oh, that's when it's going to be, and you have to wait till that point, or if that point passes and it's too late, you have to believe in the coming of Mashiach. Vishiyamin, okay, that's number one. Number two says the Ramah, Vishiyamin, you have to believe. Not only the belief, the way the Ram formulates it over here is not just in the time period, in the concept of Mashiach. You have to believe in that person, that, that, that person that's called Mashiach, that he's going to be a Jewish king. He's going to reestablish the Malchus of Beis David. You have to believe that this king, not just will he you know, reestablish the Malchus, he'll be the greatest king to ever, to ever live. As we see from all the prophecies regarding him, from Moshe to Malachi, all the Nevi'im, whenever they spoke about the, the coming of Mashiach, it's always how amazing that individual person is, that person Mashiach, that Melech Mashiach. And included in this principle that a person has to believe, you have to believe that this king, who is going to reestablish the Malchus of the Jewish people, is from the house of David HaMelech, and in particular from, the, from within Shlomo's family, from, from Shlom HaMelech, from David's family, Shlom HaMelech. And anyone that uh, rebels against this family in terms of their um, sort of uh, ownership of the throne, cover B'Shem Hashem Yisbaruch, is is, um, you know, it's, it's a heretical belief. You have to believe, not just in Mashiach, you have to believe that the Mashiach is going to reestablish the Malchus, he's going to be a descendant of an Amelech, and he's going to be the greatest king to ever be. That's the principle of the Ram. The problem is, is that everything the Ram just said is true. Like, it's certainly true that, that the person Mashiach is going to reestablish the Malchus, and he's going to be the greatest king ever, and he's going to be the family of David, and specifically from Shlomo, that's all true. But the question is, why is that part of the fundamental belief in the coming of Mashiach? Lamashal. The Ramah himself in Marmokka number two, at the end of Hilchas Malachim, in Mishnah Torah, talks about Mashiach, and over there, the, the focus is b'chlal not on the person Mashiach, and on the reestablishment of the throne, 
of Malchus Beis David. At the end of Hilchus Malachim, the Raman famously says, that really the only reason why the Chachamim, the Nevi'im, why Bechlal were interested in the coming of Mashiach is what? It's like a Deshi Yishatu al Kalaylam. It's not for us to have power over the rest of the world. It's not that we should be able to dominate other nations. Not that we should be elevated by the other nations. Not that we should just have an easy life, a good life. Nor that we should be able to have a situation, that we should be able to focus our attention exclusively on wisdom, on Torah, on connection to Hashem. And there shouldn't be any oppressing and any bittal, any, uh, any obstacles from that. That we should all merit Olam Haba. And he goes on, There won't be famine, there won't be war. And he goes on all the amazing things. Um, if you take a look at the, the, the next line, he says, The entire preoccupation of the world will be to know Hashem. That's going to be the focus. The Jewish people will be very wise at that time. We will know uh, hidden things. We'll reach the understanding of our Creator as it's humanly possible. It's clear from this Rambam that the point of Yomai Sheikh has nothing to do, he says clearly, it's not about dominance, it's not about power, it's not about authority over, our, over the rest of the world or anything like that. It's about simply coming close to Hashem and having the headspace and the ability to know who Hashem is and to get close, as, as, as humanly possible to come close to Hashem. So if I were the Rambam, and I, and I wrote that, that that's what Mashiach is really about, and now I'm formulating one of the animamans, you know, about that, my focus would not be at all about the, the, the person Mashiach. It's, it's really irrelevant. The point is the time period of Mashiach and the situation that will be during that time period of peace and health and prosperity and, uh, and Yishvadas in order to, to fulfill the, what the purpose of that time period is, which is coming close to Hashem and understanding God. What does it have anything to do with that person? Like, why is it at all relevant to believe? Let's say I don't believe. Let's say I believe that, the, that, that uh, there's going to be a messianic era, and that means that everything is going to be perfect and blissful, and we'll be able to come close and understand God. But it happens to be I don't believe that the person, Mashiach, that will herald in that era will be the greatest king to ever live. Does that take away at all from, from my wanting Mashiach? Does it take away at all from my appreciating what really Yemos Mashiach is about? No. So why is that a fundamental point? I, it's true, but why is it one of the animamins? Like why is that? The, and again, in, in the Rambam, in his Akdama, where he talks about the 13 principles, that is the focal point. He doesn't at all, in that entire paragraph, in, in the animamin part, he doesn't at all mention, oh, and by the way, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be peace and health and prosperity and an and, and actual ability to come close to Hashem. None of that is mentioned. The only thing he talks about is that the person, Mashiach, will reestablish the kingdom, he is going to be from the house of David, and he's going to be the greatest king to ever live. It's completely missing the point of what Yomis Mashiach is about, according to Rama himself. Okay, so it's like this. <coughs> what is the definition of Golis? This is what we have to figure out. What is the definition of Golis? So there's a famous Vilna Gain. I've mentioned this many times. The Vilna Gain writes... It's, in, it's brought down in, um, the, in the back of a number of printings of the, of the Vilna Gaon's Pirish on Safran Tznes, on the Zarekadosh. In the back, they print uh, you know, pieces of paper that, you know, random things that they found uh, by the Vilna Gaon. 
And this one little paragraph is Mamash a game changer. The Vilna Gain writes, the definition of Golas and what happened when the Beis was destroyed is the following phenomenon. The Gain said, at that moment when Churban Beis Hamidosh took place, the Jewish people, as one big organism, being sustained by that heart, died. It died, had a heart attack. And, ever, and the definition of Golas, says the Vilna Gain, is moving from a perspective, from a sense of us all existing as one big entity, moving from that consciousness, from that oneness, that one organism of Klal Yisrael, moving to people living with a consciousness, with a way of thinking of themselves as individuals. Yeah, individuals that have a commonality, individuals that come together for a minion, kehila, and cities, and... But Lamaisa said, then they individuals. Says the Gaon, that's the definition of Golas. That's the definition of Golas. Now let's understand the reason why, why, why that is such a catastrophic change is as follows. The way the tachas, the tachas of creation, as we know, the Ramam himself in Marmok and the Ratu basically spelled this out, that the purpose of creation is for us to understand God, to come close to God, to be attached to God. Now the way the Rabbanu Shloilam, the Rabbanu Shloilam, you know, in his essence is unknowable. And the Rabbanu Shloilam could have made any number of systems through which we're able to experience him and to come close to him. But the one system that he chose through which we'll be able to truly understand him and to experience him is Tzalem Elikim, is this phenomenon of the human being, of the human being. That we see Hashem, that we're created in Hashem's image, which means that our way of connection to Hashem, our way of perception of Hashem is going to be modeled and, and sort of um, uh, reflective of this concept of us being a, 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 one organism. In other words, to, in order for us to truly connect to the one God, the only way that's truly possible is the more one we are. If you have many different pieces, all you know, pieces of something bigger, but just a piece, it's going to be conceptually almost impossible for a piece to become united with a singularity. The way to become connected with a singularity, which is absolutely one, is if those that are connecting to that one is one. Like we say this in Kigavna, Friday night before Kabbalah Shabbos, before, uh, before Meir of uh, Friday night, the Zohar Kodesh talks about why Shabbos is such an amazing time where there is a level of connection between us and Hashem on Shabbos that's greater than during the week. And so the Zohar says, because Kigavna, just as the Rabbani Shalom is one in Shemayim, so on some level, every Shabbos, the Jewish people, even though it's not Mashiach yet, but on some level, there's a little bit of a repair of that phenomenon, of that, of that breaking of that one organism into a million different individuals. There's a little bit of that repair when it comes to Shabbos. And just as Hashem is one, there's a one above, now there's a one below, to whatever extent possible, and then there could be a connection between one and one. There's no such thing as a connection between one and a hundred, or one and a million. One in 600,000 a second. The wait for a yichud to take place is dafka when it's one with one. Therefore, the, the phenomenon of golos, says the Vilna Goyim, that we're moving from a collective organism into disjointed body parts. That's really what it is. A, uh, an arm here and a leg there, you know, so to speak, and, uh, and uh, a kidney here and a toenail over there. And the body is not cohesive. The body is not all together. That... 
since the Rabbana Shloylam desires, for whatever reason, desires to be experienced and to be, and to be seen, to be connected to, as through the lens of Tzelem Elokim, through the lens of a, of, of, of a human being, so on a collective level, the Jewish people, until all those limbs are put together and are reconstituted as a living, breathing organism, as one, then until that point, real connection to Rabbana Shalom in the deepest sense is not possible. So, yeah. Isn't that too big a chirsh? It is a game changer. We talked about Yisrael, the rest of Kutubri, Fuchadu, and there's idea of Knesset Yisrael, there's like this big super soul. So, how could the Vilna go and say that there is this, this notion of pieces? Like, how could how could we say that? That's, that's the phenomenon of Golas. That's the phenomenon of Golas. Golas is a Chiddush. Golas is a Chiddush. But the Chiddush, the, 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 the reality of Golas is, is that again, that, that this one collective organism, which is Knesset Yisrael, all of a sudden there was a, uh, you know, the, the, all of a sudden the, the heart was taken away. Let's understand. The heart, the, the, what does what what a Neshama do? What does life do for the body? It keeps everything together. That's what it does, right? I mean, uh, we all understand that when the neshama is taken out from the guf and the guf is left on its own, what happens? It falls apart into many pieces, right? So with the neshama, a live, living, living, life versus death. Life means taking the millions of pieces and keeping it cohesive, keeping it together. When the organism of Kal Yisrael is cohesive, is united, is alive, when the heart, when the heart is functioning properly, to, en- to enliven every limb with, with, with energy. That is what's keeping the organism intact. That's what's keeping Kal Yisrael as one. As long as the body is intact, as long as there's a complete Tzalem Elikim, th- as long as there's a complete uh, Tzalem of a human being, so then we can connect to Hashem, who were created in His image. But, in, but once the heart is removed, once life is removed, and now the organism falls apart, now you're talking about a, a, a hand on its own to connect to, to the Rabbana Shalom who only, only wants to be experienced as a reflection of its selim, of a complete organism, that's impossible. So you, what, what's, what's absolutely vital, and let's put it this way, the reason why when Mashiach comes, we're going to, we're going to be able to reach this, uh, this, this you know, unreached level until this point of understanding God, of coming close to God, is a direct result of the Jewish people becoming reconstituted as one healthy organism, and one healthy tzelem, one healthy uh, body that's being enlivened with the collective nesham of the Jewish people. And that is the way through which we'll be able to perceive Hashem. What's going to happen when Mashiach comes? Some are going to become smarter. There's going to be better shiurim. It's not like that. What's going to happen is that all of a sudden, instead of us being just individual toenails, we're now going to become, we're going to have this consciousness of being put back together with the rest of the Jewish people, and all of a sudden now the toenail is not on its own. The toenail is not part of this collective body, this collective organism, and this collective organism is a perfect match with how the Rabbanu wants to be experienced as we're created in His image, so to speak. Now, as being created in His image, that Selma Lekim means that that's the model, that's the vessel. That's the vessel, that's the match, they, you know, like those matching games that kids have, you know, that's the matching game. Yeah, the more you are resembling a unified living body, that's the perfect match for how to perceive the Rabbani Shalom, who were created, so to speak, in, in, in his image, Kiviachal. And so that's, that's the point over here. How does that happen? Now we understand, as we learned, that the one limb, the one organ, which is 
absolutely vital in, in order to facilitate this reunion of all the limbs and the, re, uh, um, you know, the reanimation of all the limbs. And uniting all the limbs is the heart. Because again, what is the heart's function? The heart's function is not to have any individual personality. And a limb that has an individual personality is not going to be able to unite all the other limbs. Has its own idea. The point, the heart, which has no personality of its own, all it is is mimenototzos chayim. All it is is an organ which is which is which is focused one thing, one thing only, which is bringing life force to every limb. That's how all the limbs are united through the heart. That's what the heart does. Life and death is determined based on that. So, therefore, when we talk about the 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 the, the the, the, the coming of Mashiach and the era of Mashiach being a time period in which Das is Al-Kim, knowing God and connecting to God will be, you know, the, the roof will be blown off uh, the house, you know, we'll be able to, to reach levels of understanding of God, levels that we, we can't even imagine at this point. The, the reason for that, the, 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 technically speaking, the, the, the mechanics of how that will work is because the Jewish people, the body of the Jewish people will be reconstituted and re-enlivened by what? By primarily what's mit, and the one limb that's primarily the, 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 the linchpin, whether or not the organism is alive or dead, whether the limbs are being united or they're just a matter of time until they fall apart, is the heart. That's where life comes from. That's the organism. That, that's the organ that keeps everything together. Therefore, since as we said, the tzaddik is the heart of the organism, the heart of the Jewish people. Therefore, it's fundamental. Says the Rambam, it's fundamental to believe in order to in order to truly allow that Yemaisa Mashiach to come. You have to believe in the person Mashiach. You have to believe in the in this king. Again, as we said last time, the king is the heart of the people. The Ram himself writes that in Hilchus Malachim, that the king is the heart of the people. If Yemaisa Mashiach is going to be a time of where the organism of the Jewish people is the greatest and healthiest and, and eternal, it's never going to fall apart again, that means that heart is going to have to be absolutely the strongest heart to ever be. And that's exactly what the Ram is saying, is that you have to believe, not just in order to believe in Yemaisa Mashiach, you have to believe in Melcha Mashiach himself. Because until you believe in that concept of the heart of the Jewish people being Mamishtark, then that's not going to allow you to believe in the, in the unbelievable levels of connection to Hashem, which Yemaisa Mashiach is about. In other words, it's definitely true, like the Ram says in Maramokka number two, the purpose of Yemaisa Mashiach, the point is, Yidiyas Hashem, Dveikas Hashem, that's the purpose, 100%. But in order to allow that to happen, the only way that's possible is, number one, for the entire organism of the Jewish people to be put back together and to be enlivened. For the, if there's a one down here, if there's a Tselem down here, then we could experience Elohim. If there's a Tselem, you could have Elohim. If there's no Tselem, if there's no organism down here, everything's disjointed and limbs are, one limb is here, one limb is there, Svardim over here, Ashkenazim over there, and uh, this guy's here and this guy's over there. It's all over the place. There's no cohesiveness in that selim, in that human structure, in that uh, organism called Knesset Yisrael. Then the Rabbanu Shalom, who's seen as selim Elokim, right? Then he's not going to be able to be experienced and be known. So if there's, so number one, there has to be that cohesive selim, that, that cohesive structure, that cohesive body of the Jewish people. And number two, the only way that's possible is through the reemergence of a heart. Because the function of a heart is not just a particular limb. The function of the heart is to reunite all the limbs and to bring life into those limbs, keeping them all together. 
Therefore, if Yomaisa Mashiach is going to be a time where the Jewish people will be able to be reconstituted with that heart, then, the, then the, one of the most important things to believe is that the heart of the Jewish people, which is the tzaddik, which is the king, is going to be at that time the greatest to ever be. That's exactly what the Ramam is saying. So this is what Hasidus comes. So Hasidus, as, we, as, as I mentioned many times, the Baal Shem Tov understood that his teachings is a reflection of Yomaisa Mashiach, paving the way for Yomaisa Mashiach, therefore absolutely fundamental in the teachings of Hasidus. And the culture of Hasidus is the centerpiece of a kehila, of a, of a chassidus, of a chatzar, being a tzaddik. Because the tzaddik, because every, what, what chassidus is trying to do is to create a miniature version of Yomai Mashiach in a certain sense. And it's trying to create that phenomenon, sort of to ease us into that mindset, into, into that experience of creating, an, creating a matzav of where you have this, this, this tzalem, this, uh, again, this uh, body of Yidin all putting together and seeing themselves as one cohesive entity. And in order for that to happen, there has to be a heart. And that is a miniature version of what's going to be with Moisei Mashiach. And therefore, all this is what you find in all, all chassidus, that, uh, you know, the, 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 the Hasag, the, the Tanya talks about this in the beginning of Sefer Tanya, all the Ruchnias, all the Chachma, all the idea, all the Chias that exist by the Hamaynam comes from the Tzaddik. It, it's all this, this same idea, the Tzaddik is the heart. And the heart is what gives life and enlivens all the limbs and unites all the, all the limbs. That's the idea. That's what the tzaddik does. Again, this is why the tzaddik and chassidus is different than, than a rav. Or, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not even so much about information. It's, again, his function as the heart. And as I said, the heart can be either a Pinchas Pinyar model, Kain Gadol model, completely mamish, uh, you know, like a Rizhner wearing, uh, you know, mamish uh, royal clothing, or it could be in a way of, of Davina Melech, where it's mamish shiftless and feeling absolutely like the lowest Jew, and mamish completely empty of any ego, and that's how you become the heart. But either way, it's about being the heart. And therefore every, and again, that's, that's why Chassidus, you know, has this idea that the Rebbe is like, uh, is like a melech, it's like a little melech of that kehila, of that Chassidus, of that chotzer. That's this idea of, of sort of modeling, having a, a miniature version of what's going to be with Moisei Mashiach, and that itself is part of Yifutsa Manasecha Chutza, of ushering us in to, uh, to that time period. What does he gain? Could be he doesn't gain much. I mean, yeah, listen. It, it's, it, this is the mitzvah of who the tzaddik is. This is, this is who the tzaddik is. This is his shlemus. This is his perfection. This is, this, is, this is who he's supposed to be. So it's not really a matter of, uh, you know, of whether he wants it or not. You know, it's just one of those things he has to do. Listen, you do have this. I mean, you, you have this that the, there are some that they can have to be pushed into this position. You know, there's a, there's a, a heartbreaking muscle that the Kotzke Rebbe gave. And it was, uh, uh, it's like, a, it's an awful one, but, but he, he gave a muscle that, and he was describing himself. As not, he said there was once this great uh, 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 ram, this huge ram. It had huge, beautiful horns. And a person came over to the ram and said, you know, you have such unbelievable huge horns. <coughs> if you don't mind, maybe if, you, if it's okay, if I could shave off a little edge of the horn to make a little tobacco box for myself. Just a little tiny bit. He said, fine. So you got, the guy goes to shul and everyone's looking, oh, it's such a nice box. Where did you get it? He says, I got it from the ram over there. So now there's a whole line of people lined up to get a little piece of, everyone's only taking a little piece. But the Kuska said, at the end of the day, the ram doesn't have horns anymore. Right? 
So, you know, so there, there, is, there is a lot of mysterious nefesh that a tzaddik has to have in order to embrace that role of Rebbe, of being a tzaddik, because what he, by, by embracing that role, it, it's not just that you're taking, you know, you're now devoting your time and your energy to people, you're giving yourself over. You have nothing left. There is no you. All you are, you know, it's like the thing, it's, it's also well-known, well known, uh, you know, Lavitch Rebbe, so... One of the um types that they have is uh, is when there was a whole mice or whatever that there was a number of svarm in the, in the Chabad library that that vanished. There was a whole court case that getting it back, and it's a whole thing. So the voucher was his wife, his Reb, the Rebetzin. So they uh, had a uh, not in court. What are they called when people come? The lawyers come to the house to basically deposition. the deposition exactly. So they had a deposition in the house, and they the question the whole shy of the court case was Lavitchers know this. The, the, the Shalak court case was, was, was this firm owned by Chabad or was it owned by the Schneersons? Like, was it private property or owned by the Hasidists? So the lawyer, there's a famous line that the lawyer asked the Rebetzin, was this firm owned by your father or by the Hasidim? So he, so I think, I might be butchering it, but she said something to the effect, it was owned by the Hasidim because the Hasidim owned my father. There was no, you know, there was, you know, there was no chilik. That's what a tzaddik is. It takes mysterious nefesh. It's mysterious nefesh. <coughs> so what I want to share, what I want to learn now for the next few minutes is mamish this point of on the tzaddik's end. Like once he's embraces that role of being the heart, and it's just, it's, it's just the mitzvah. That's who he is. So what, what is his responsibility? Like how, what's, what is? I mean, there's, a, there's a number of things, a number of responsibilities he has because of this. If you become the heart, but in, th- in this particular way of, un- of, of, of being the heart in terms of uniting the collective organism and giving life to every limb, this function, how does he do this? What is he supposed to do? So take a look at Marmokka number three. Okay, so it's like this. The Toldos Yaakov Yosef again, in Parshish Lechacha, so he writes the following thing. Shechay Shevat Tzadik, it's a, you know, if anyone here is a Rebbe, then like this is a, this is a big responsibility, this line. So if you're not a Rebbe, it's okay. But this is what, this is what tzaddikim have to do. Shechay shevat tzaddik, the tzaddik has to think, shekol echad b'nei Yisrael, whenever the tzaddik looks at a, another yid, has any conversation or thinks about a yid, the tzaddik has to think of that yid, that who, who, uh, that shekol echad b'nei Yisrael, who ivrei hashchina. Every yid has to be seen in the tzaddik's eyes as a limb of the divine presence, a limb of that collective organism that's called Knesset Yisrael. Umikulam nasa kaima shlema mikol atfilas vavaydas sheyaitzi mikol echad. And the tzaddik can't look at another yid as just an individual. The tzaddik's responsibility as a heart, the responsibility for him to embrace that role of heart, part of him, the avaydah he has to do to do that is to is to. Is to he embraces that role by lo, by seeing himself by looking at the rest of the Jewish people as an, as one organism, and by by seeing the rest of Kalayisol as one organism and seeing this guy's feels and that guy's feels this guy's over this guy's avoda as all becoming one as one Indian that's all collectively being brought to the Rebbeinu Shlomo that's that's how he's functioning as a heart it's 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 necessary for him to to, to have such deep eyes and to always be focused and on in that way of not ever falling for the trap of looking at Yidin as individuals. Because God forbid if the tzaddik, who's the heart of the generation, looks at people as individual people, then guess what? 
that's called having a heart attack. That's called a heart is not, is, not, is not uniting the limbs. It's not bringing things together. The heart has a responsibility of maintaining that oneness. And that's what the Talz Yaakov is saying, is that he has to see every yid in that way of being a limb. Of being a limb. And he says, V'zeh nikra madrega tzaddik. That's what it means to be called a tzaddik. Everyone has a different avoida, just like a left arm and a, a, and a lung are different, but they're all part of one entity. And the tzaddik has to see every individual person's expression and avoida as part of a general collective. And the more he can, he can see that and be in that way, then the more he's functioning as a heart. And that's, what's called, that's what it means to be called a tzaddik. If you take a look at Maramukha number four, so also in Parshish Bereshis, the Taldis explains this. He says, Va'ashalim, the person, the, the person, the Adam Ashalim, the tzaddik, she'yesh boidas, l'chaber kol madregis shel b'nei dairei, who has this ability, this das, this way of thinking, this, uh, this connection to unite all the, all the different madregas of his generation and to see all of them as one collective. And obviously this is, obviously this goes without saying that this is going to be connected deeply to Avas Yisrael, right? And so the tzaddik, one of the, one of the calling cards of the real tzaddik, the heart of the generation, is his Avas Yisrael, his love for every Jew. Because again, if you're seeing people as individuals, then this guy I like, this guy I don't like. It doesn't make it, you know, and, it's, and that's okay. You know, but if but if I'm seeing them as one organism and I'm the heart of that organism, then there's no such thing as a person not loving every part of themselves. You could you, listen. A person can uh, yeah, there, there could be a certain part of yourself that you're not happy with, you're not pleased by, you think needs improvement. The guy's overweight, so you know that you have to lose some weight. It doesn't mean you hate yourself. If you hate yourself, then that's really not healthy. So the the obvious stroll is the hot l'racha kamaycha. I mean, that's literally how the tzaddik has to see himself. When the tzaddik who's able to unite all the madrigas of his generation, and by doing that, uniting all of them and reconnecting them all to their shayrish, which means, again, appreciate the, the, the difficulty of this job. The tzaddik has to be able to hear individual conversations that, that this guy's having a conversation about uh, X, this guy's having a conversation about Y. But the tzaddik, see... It, it, you know, 50 people having 50 conversations makes sense when it's 50 people. But if it's really all one big entity, then there really is, could, could only be one conversation coming out of that one organism, right? You can only say one thing at a time. So what the tzaddik has to do is to realize that everything that every Jew any, ever says is really about one thing. It's really one conversation, which is davening through Rabbanu Shalom, coming close to Hashem. And the tzaddik has to, has, to, has to see through the superficial conversations. He has to see through the superficial actions. And the tzaddik has to, has to see all the different actions that you didn't do and to unify them in, in a way of thinking of, that's really all one Indian. It's just, it's just uh, tzedakah. Whatever it is, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that. It's really one activity. It's really one deeper. That's not, it's, it's a big undertaking. And the more the tzaddik can do that, the more he can actually, the ripple effect is, the more he's a heart, and then the more automatically the rest of the, the, rest of the people actually become unified, and they become a little bit more sensitive to this deeper conversation that they're all really having. And, the, and, the, and this deeper activity that they're all really engaged in together. It's a, it's a, different, it's a different way of thinking. So he says... <clears throat> So th- this person is able to do this, and he unites himself with this collective as the heart, Nikra Maisha. That's called Maisha Rabbeinu. 
That's called Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe, the first redeemer, right? The one that took us out of Gauls the first time. And eventually, that Nisham will reemerge in Melcha Mashiach to take us out of the final Gauls. The heart of all hearts, the first king, the first Kain Gadol, the first Navi, the, the, the first of all, of all, of the heart of all things was Moshe Rabbeinu. Therefore, every tzaddik, on some level, as we'll see in a second, is if he's functioning as a tzaddik in this way, it means he's Maishar Rabbeinu. It means he's connecting to that world, that collective neshama, that kayach that's called Maishar Rabbeinu. And that's the only way to do it. Who unites within himself the entire generation. And he says in Maravaka number 5 in Parshas Nasai, Just as Maisha was the head of his generation, he was the, the heart of his generation. It's a mistake. So to in every generation, the heads, the leaders, the tzaddikim of the generation, they're all sparks of that person called Maisha Rabbeinu. So in other words, what we're, what, we're, what we're seeing over here is, is that this madrega that's called the mela, that's called the heart, <coughs> there's, there's an unbelievable avoida that he has to undertake in order to embrace that role of being a heart. And in order to do that, and by doing that, that's, that means that he's becoming the Moshe Rabbeinu of that particular, that particular organism. He's becoming the redeemer of that organism. Again, Moshe Rabbeinu is always the redeemer. He takes us out of Gaul. So again, going back to what we said from the Vilna Gain, moving from Gaulus to Geula is moving from individual pieces to one collective whole. That's what Geula is about. And the more that can happen, the more automatically our connection with the Rabbani Shalom will be will be more possible and more uh, smooth. That's what it means. That's what's going on over here. Now, not, we find this not only with Moshe Rabbeinu, like, for example, it's, it's well known, the first thing that we find about Moshe Rabbeinu's leadership, right? what does it say, Vigdal Moshe? Moshe grew up, he became an Adam Gadol, and he went out to go see what the Jewish people were going through and to be nice about to feel their pain. So you see this. That, that's the classic thing, okay, it's the, you know, that's the classic Jewish leader, he cares about his people. It's much deeper than that. That is the definition of Nishmas Moshe, is that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nisham is the heart of all hearts, and the, the, what the heart does is unite all the people. Automatically, he'll feel a pain. Because every limb feels the pain of every, of every other limb, it's one organism. So automatically, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is about. This is why Moshe Rabbeinu, <coughs> even when he was um, you know, told by the Rabbanishal that he's going to pass away, and he's not going to make it into Eretz Yisrael, so Moshe Rabbeinu offers up a tefillah to Hashem, that Yifkar Hashem that Hashem should appoint, if I'm not going to be the next leader, then you should appoint someone to take over after me. Someone who understands the nature of every Yid. Someone that will go out with them and go in with them. That's what Moshe said. So take a look at Marmokka number six. A few more minutes. In Parshas Emmar, the Toldus Yaakov Yosef writes, I wrote elsewhere in the name of my master, the, the Baal Shem, that Yifgar Hashem, that the Pasuk says in Moshe Davins that Hashem should make uh, a leader in his place, Asher Yitzim Asher Yivim, that a person, that the next leader should go out with them and go in with them. What does it mean to go out and go in? Kiroish Hadar, that the gener- the, what a leader is, and this is what Moshe Rabbeinu is describing, the leader in, in Moshe Rabbeinu's mind, what a tzaddik is, what the heart is, Kiroish Hadar, the head of a generation, the leader of a generation, is Yuchalahalois Kol Hadiburim, that the tzaddik is able to raise up all the mundane conversations, all the stories, all the frivolous stuff that every individual person of the generation says. The tzaddik is able to elevate all of that. To re, 
to, re, to, to see all those conversations as really just one conversation being said by this collective entity called the, called the Jewish people to the only one else to talk to, which is the Rabbani Shlom, right? Because once you have this collective entity of Knesset Yisrael, then there's no one else to talk to. Because the only, Yisrael is Goy Echelbarts. We're the only nation, we're the only people on planet Earth that have this concept of being this one collective whole. Other nations don't have this quality. There's no one else to talk to. It's like other region before the Chait, where there's no, there's no one else to have a conversation with. So, therefore, the, automatically, if this entity called the Jewish people is talking, who, who else is there to talk to? The only one to talk to is Rabbanishal. It means every conversation, therefore, what the Tzaddik has to do is, again, as I said before, is, is, is somehow see and believe and daven that every conversation, every word that has ever said by Yid is really just part of that collective tefillah. And every action that we take is part of that collective mitzvah. That's what the tzaddik can do. This is the meaning of asher yitziyim v'asher yiviyim. That the tzaddik is able to go out and to go in. The tzaddik is able to go out and to engage in all these conversations with every single yid he encounters. But yiviyim, he's able, he's able to take those conversations and those experiences and bring them into a deeper place. That's what the tzaddik does. That's what makes him a tzaddik. Finally, in Marmaka number 7, a piece in Parshas Bahar. It's one of the, it's a fantastic, fantastic piece. It's based on a Gemara in Tainus. The Gemara says, Amaisa, that one um, of was traveling in the market and he met the Leonovi and, uh, and he asked the Leonovi, is there anyone here that's Bibnei Oilam Haba, that are going to Oilam Haba? And so Leonovi said, yes, those two Yidin over there. So, okay, so he goes over to those two Yidin and he gets into conversation with them and he asks them, what do they do? And they say they're Barchanim, they're comedians. Okay? And uh, yes, and so, uh, you know, what do you uh, do as a comedian? So you say, listen, we make our parnas as comedians, but whenever we find a year that's a little bit down, and we can tell that the guy's a little bit depressed, we go, we tell him free, we, we do it for free. We go say some jokes, make him a little bit happy, it's a fre- you know, freilich, and, uh, and that's what we do. That's the Gemara. So the Tolis brings down that Baal Shantav, in one of his trips to Shemayim, asked the be- Yeshiva Shalmaila, what's Pshan that Gemara? Like, what, what's Pshan? Like, because they said some jokes to make Yidin happy, that's why they're B'nai Oilam Haba. What's Pshan? So this is what he says. I heard from my master, he says, Pirish Hashas, the explanation of this Gemara. The Hani Treibat Chani, these two comedians. The Hava B'nai Alma Da'asid, they're from Oilam, they're going to go to Oilam Haba. And from the question that Baal Shantav asked, he asked in the, in the Yeshiva Shalmaila, what's Pshan with this Gemara? Nemerlai, it was told to him that this is really what's going on in that Gemara. These two Badchani were not simple people. These were big Yisrael. The way of these two Badchani was that they accepted upon themselves to be hearts, to be hearts, which means that they consciously made an effort to connect themselves with every year they came across with Avas Yisrael, and every time they felt personally a level of Dvekus with the Rabbani Shalom, a sense of, 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 of God's presence, they would then automatically take that experience of, of, of personal connection and sort of translate that in, see themselves as just part of Kal Yisrael. So any aliyah, any personal level of attachment they felt, they would always not keep it for themselves. They would always then automatically redefine themselves as just part of Kla Yisrael. And then it was Kla Yisrael experiencing Tevekas. It was always 
about uniting the collective whole, of trying to be those hearts. That's what these Barchanim were really about. So he says, And this was their, their intention in every conversation, every interaction they had with other Yidin and within themselves, to only see that really all there is is one big entity, and this one big entity called Klai Yisrael is having only one conversation with the only other entity that exists, and that's the Rabbanu Shalom. It's always about Yichud, connecting Hashem with his uh, kala with the, with the Jewish people. Every individual detail that they ever saw anyone ever do. Every individual action they saw by other yidin. Whether it be whether in someone else's house, or in business, general specifics. That's how these yidin lived. Trying to have this avoid of seeing every yid as a limb of the divine presence of of the Jewish people. And they're all just one big entity. And all the davening, all the avoidance of Kalei Yisrael is just coming from this one big, uh, uh, all together. And they would unite, uh, they would unite all the experiences that they've had in this way. Uniting it to its higher place. But here's the problem. The problem is, and this is, and this is, the, uh, this is where we're going to, as Hashem, continue on next week, is that this is all the tzaddik's job. But there is something that we all have to do in order to make his job possible. Which is what? To be besimcha. He says, Zulas He says, when a yid is ba'atzus, when a yid is depressed, see, in the sermon we find this, that life always results in simcha. What is simcha? I, I spoke about this once in other, in other occasions. The definition of simcha is not smiling versus crying. You could cry also with simcha. Simcha is what it feels like to be alive. And so the idea is that you have to allow yourself to be alive. You have to allow yourself to have that heart pulsate life, you know, life-giving blood into you. And if you're alive, automatically result in simcha. When a person is ba'atzis, when a person is depressed, and the person's going out of his way to not be happy, then the person's automatically holding himself back from allowing to be alive through the heart. In other words, he's blocking the heart from, from being able to, to bring him into the organism by being ba'atzvus. So this was the problem. These barchan would go around trying to be the heart for every yid, and that's always possible, until they saw a yid and they were depressed. Because every, if you see a yid that's depressed, then, then that limb is refusing to become part of the entity. Because to be part of the entity means that you're alive, and life means simcha. And if this guy's not besimcha, it means he's not allowing himself to be part of the entity. So what these guys therefore had to do, first and foremost, to make this guy besimcha. They would tell him some jokes, bring a smile to his face, and then they could go back to their original job, which is being the heart. So this is what's going on. They're, the, the fact that they were b'nei oilam haba wasn't because of the jokes per se, but it was because of this major avayda that they're undertaking, which is to be the heart of the Jewish people. Happens to be, in order to do that properly, you've got to make sure people are willing to be alive. So you have to make them besimcha, otherwise they're not interested in being alive. If they're if they're depressed like that, zulas mishoy leitzar chasushalom, a person who was bitzar lo yichol liyachid yichudai, they couldn't unite him with this yichud, right? Leschaber imay lekashu lomal, they couldn't bring him up because the guy's vatsvus, he's not allowing himself to be alive. Lachen hayim avad chile 
Hatvarim. Therefore, they would tell him jokes, Atshiyach to the Kosher Kol Madrigas, till he was happy, and then they could continue their Avayt, it's the heart of uniting him to a higher place. Vuklal Gadol There's a big klal in Avayt Hashem when he's BP at Tzadik. There's a two, two uh, you know, it's a two way street. The Tzadik is doing his Indian, okay? As Hashem, God should have given them all the Tzadik and the strength to do that. We have to do our part. Our part is, at the very least, we have to allow ourselves to become alive. And the, and the way to do that, primarily, as you think, is, is to be besimcha. The more simcha you have, the more, the more alive you can be. This is, again, also why in Hasidus, simcha is such a major thing. Why is, why is simcha so important? Okay, so you could say, because if you're not besimcha, then you're not going to be motivated. But why is that Hasidus in particular? That's true, uh, you know, uh, without the Baal Shem. The point is, it's all part of this, it's all part of this Indian. You, again, Hasidus is about giving us a model, a miniature version of Yomai Mashiach, which is, again, you need that heart giving life to all the, or, to all the limbs of the body. But you need the limbs of the body. You, you can't have any, any clogged arteries. You know, you have to be able to, the, the, the limbs have to be able to receive life. And the way that that happens is through Simcha. So Simcha is our way through which we connect to the Tzadik, which is now a Chiddush, that through Simcha, just on being B'Simcha, that's a way through Eskashas that you can connect to a Tzadik. <laughs> but that's uh, that's much what we see. So no, the Rambam we should be zayich to be b'semcha, and the tzaddikim should uh, bring us life. But as I show next week, we'll learn a little bit more about this topic of what we can do to allow ourselves to. You know, the tzaddik is doing his thing on his end, but what can we do to sort of allow this uh, flow of energy to really, uh, uh, you know, enter into us and to uh, uplift us? So simcha is definitely a major part, but we'll see what's other about this as well. Okay, shkayach.